Welcome to the Fansmanship.com podcast, coming to you from San Luis Obispo, California. Where you stand? Welcome once again to the fansmanship.com podcast. I'm Owen Main, and today we have um, a special guest, Cal Poly head football coach Bo Baldwin, going into his first season at the helm at Cal Poly. Coach Baldwin is a pretty exciting hire for the Mustangs. When um, I was going out of town about a week before uh, the, the Mustangs made the hire, um, I asked, uh, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if it was a week or not, but I asked Don Oberhelman before I went out of town, I was at a basketball game and I said, um, I said, you know, so are you going to make a hire? Like, what's the time line here? Cause I wanted to see if I was going to be out of town and it turns out that I was definitely going to be out of town. And I said, okay, sounds good. And, uh, and, and Don said, you're going to be blown away. And I, at the time racked my brain who was I going to be blown away by like who could possibly come and be the Cal Poly football coach who would warrant that description. And the answer is frankly, Bo Baldwin um, is, is the answer to that question. Uh, Coach Baldwin has uh, national championship pedigree at the FCS level has uh, offensive coordinate has been offensive coordinator at Cal for the last few years and comes to Cal Poly with a real quiet confidence that um, is going to be really interesting to see how the season plays out. Hopefully the season will play out. We talked a little bit about that, how he's operating, how his staff is operating with being able to um, get things done while the season is, uh, is, is still, I guess in the balance. I don't know. It's hard to say right now. It's I think uh, April, what is it? The 19th today or something like that. I talked to coach earlier this week. So, um, yeah, so it's the 17th. Huh, great. I'm only two days off. So Coach Baldwin had a lot of good things to say. If you have any questions or feedback or anything like that, feel free to um, send them to me via Twitter or Instagram. I'm at fansmanship. Um, also, if you're looking for some kind of socially distanced portraits, I'm open for business um, in that regard and I'm happy to talk to you about setting something up. Um, I do photo sessions with athletes, with students, with families, all kinds of people. So if you have um, any photo needs uh, in the near future, definitely uh, find me. Again, you can find me on social media at fansmanship and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Cal Poly head coach, Bo Baldwin. I know there's a lot there's a lot going on and then really not anything going on right now in a lot of ways uh, what is what what is your daily life look like right now like how how are your days how are your days going as somebody who I'm sure wanted to be with players right now instead of at home yeah I mean it's it's you know it's it's what you'd expect and it's the same for everybody so you know and it's obviously in our world I was just saying this in the last interview and talking about it you know whatever we're struggling with or complaining about 
pales in comparison to real stuff that's out there. So you got to pause whenever you feel that. But honestly, the days, there's been silver linings to it too. You know, you've, you've connected in different ways with guys. I'm texting with a lot of my players, you know, maybe I wouldn't be doing, I, I know that's not the same as face to face, but just seeing how they're doing and, you know, connecting with them that way. Um, you're also connecting with your family a little bit more, which is as a coach, you never get that. So, you know, I always try to look at things from a positive lens and, you know, what are some of the silver linings through all of this, uh, you know, this situation, but the lives itself, you know, I would say most college coaches right now are spending a good majority of their time looking at recruit film, you know, and there should be no excuses for us to not have the 2021 class, the juniors right now, evaluated really, you know, in depth, you know, and have a good list going forward, going into next year before signing day in December and, and uh, February. Yeah, so I that part is big. And then Zoom meetings, you know, and connecting with guys both academically, football-wise. And I'm going to start joining some of the position meetings um, here as well. Sure, sure. I was asking Coach Smith this actually a couple of weeks ago on a on a pod. Uh, we were talking and, and you know, my, my question was whether maybe as a, in, in your guys' case, a, F, a FCS coach or a mid-major, maybe there's like a, a – an opportunity there in terms of being able to find some some recruits that that maybe not a, not not everybody else is looking at or an opportunity to make some you know to build some different kinds of relationships with recruits um at a mid-major school in his case at a fcs school in your case um you know in terms of guys that that you might be able to to find that, yeah. that maybe you might not otherwise or something yeah you never know i mean that you really like i was saying there's there's plenty of time for that so you should have opportunities to do that, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's not vastly different than what you would have done anyway. It's just you might have the chance to, you know, you would have had the chance to get on the road a little bit more and actually during some eval times, watch some guys in spring ball, you know, some, some of these guys were now you're strictly video, strictly making connections with the coaches, you know, communicating with them through, through whatever that might be, DMs or your one phone call. And, whatever that might, you know, that is, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's opportunities, you know, yeah. there's opportunities. There's, there's going to be no excuse in my opinion, not to put together a, a very strong class. Awesome. When it comes down to it. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago on what was supposed to be the first day of, uh, of spring practice, I went down with my camera just cause you know, um, I, I usually don't shoot an empty football practice field, but I, I went and shot that just cause, mm -hmm. cause I didn't have anything else to do. And I, and I was getting the itch to be outside with my camera. So, um, right. you know, I, I actually saw, you know, there was, there was a player or two down there on the track. Uh, I actually met a couple of your coaches, uh, uh, your, your, your new assistants coming in. Can, can you talk about, um, or, or, or tell me about how much it impacts a program like this program in terms of trying to bring in a new offense, um, trying to do a lot of things where repetitions are probably going to matter quite a bit. And, and, and as much as you can study for things and as much as you can do those kinds of things, um, just not getting able to, not being able to get a, a full spring practice uh, session in. Um, can you talk about kind of how, how you've dealt with that and, and what that means for the program? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do to, you know, you can't solve that issue right now. I mean, there's nothing you can do that way. Um, but we do have a very mature football team that I think is really doing a good job 
of policing each other. They're a mature, hungry football team. So I think they're doing a good job of really policing each other and staying on top of, you know, staying active, being able to do things physically, because it's the physical things that I worry the most about. You know, where are their bodies physically from now until August? You know, the mental side, and our guys are at a whole nother level mentally. I, and, I, and I mean that. I, I do not feel like if, you know, with Zoom meetings that we're going to be doing and things that, you know, meetings we'll have all through August, you know, knock on wood, given that things are in that, you know, that situation. But let's just say they are. I don't, I don't question at all where we'll be mentally. Our, our guys attack it so well. They're mature. It's just physically them staying on top of each other and controlling the things they can each day. So, you know, that, that part's a little more difficult. But at the same time, I mean – it's we're just dealing with the best we can if if I come back at the end of the season and use that as an excuse you know then it's like who knows what would have happened had this not no one knows so it's like you just deal with it the best you can and you think positively about the things you will be able to do given you know how we're attacking the situation we're in right now and how we're going to attack once we um you know come out of this thing and we're able to start you know practicing again yeah um and you know i was kind of thinking you know because some teams did get spring practice some teams didn't just based on when it was kind of scheduled for them even within your conference i think it was maybe like you know maybe 60 40 in terms of teams that didn't didn't um is there any way that you guys could like get more practices at the in the summertime or is that even a thing maybe kind of coming up on the season and then to your other thing that you said, how, how confident are you in terms of whether there's going to be a season this upcoming year at this point? Yeah, you broke up in the middle there. Okay. I think you were asking me, is there any way to make up for practices you didn't get? Yeah, when you get yeah, into that, the summer? That, that, that was it. Yeah. I mean, you might structure some of the things you do a little bit differently in fall camp. But that would be it. I mean, you okay. still have 25 practices in fall camp. So, so, you, so there's no chance you guys could, like, petition for a couple extra practices because you're the ones who missed spring practice. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's not like, that much. I, okay. you know, I, okay. I mean, we're not even in school all the way through June. Who said, you know, to have right. extra practices, does that mean we're all bringing the guys back early, you know, in July? I mean, you know, there's just so many variables that come with that. So right. I don't right. even worry about that piece. I can't. You know, I, I'm not going to cry over, you know, certain universities because they didn't plan on any. They just ran right. their spring practices earlier. Right. And they have the ability to do that, which is something I'm probably going to do in the future. Not because of this, just because I do like running them earlier if the weather permits, you know, which I never could do at Eastern. But I certainly can here, you know. It, so it permits here. Yeah, that's, that's for years. sure. So next year, you're going to see an earlier spring practice schedule for us um, for a number of reasons. But yeah. So it's like anything. Yeah. Is that, does that become an advantage for them? Sure. You know, it, it, it definitely does, but it was nothing, you know, whining about that is, is who cares? No one's going to really give a crap about that <laughs> with everything else that we're, you know, and, uh, and they shouldn't yeah, <laughs> quite absolutely. honestly. So absolutely. we'll be excited when we're able to get back on the field, we're going to take advantage of everything we can do right now in which we are and the assistants and the team is doing a good job of it. And, Whenever we get back out there, expectations will be high. I, I, I'm an optimist. I don't, I don't believe in coming in to a ball club and saying, well, it's going to take some time. Well, it's going to – you're just setting yourself up for that. You're going to get what, you, what your mind tells you, you know, and 
And the players are going to feel that too. Well, he doesn't even feel like we're his team. Well, BS, man. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't feel like that when we got to Cal. I didn't feel like that early on at Eastern. I never, I, and I just don't believe in that. You know, I believe the most important season is the 2020 season. Those older guys especially, but they all deserve it. Those older guys especially deserve exactly that and just that mindset. And uh, I just, like I said, I know things will be tough. Um, things are a little tougher when you're changing things and doing new things, but I'm not going to put any ceiling on, on what I believe we can or can't do. Awesome. Um, and, you know, we didn't, we haven't got a lot, a lot of chance to talk between the time you were hired and now I know at your introductory press conference, I was in a, I think I was in a, ho a airport hotel in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, traveling for work. And then, uh, you know, a couple other opportunities. Um, I was, I was elsewhere as well. Um, but, but I wanted to just kind of get a, a big picture. I, I know you've spent a lot of time in Washington, uh, a lot of time at Cal. Um, what were your impressions of, um, of Cal Poly and San Luis Obispo, the city, um, before coming here? And um, can you talk a little bit about maybe uh, the area and maybe something that uh, you kind of weren't expecting that, that is the case or, or something that surprised you about uh, the area here when you, when you actually moved here? What, what, so what were your, like when you'd come here for road games with Eastern um, from time to time, yeah. et cetera, what, yeah. what, what were your impressions of, of the, the university in the area? Yeah. First off, it was, it was gorgeous. It was, it was almost, it was almost fake. You know, because then I mean that in a, in a positive way. In other words, not faking how people are, but like, it's just, you know, just how beautiful it was and how many different, you know, you go t t five minutes here and you're in the hills and country and you go five minutes here, you're at a beach. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an unbelievable and just area. Um, it just has such diversity in just everything, you know, from the people to the, to what you can do to, to what's going on. So I always found that, you know, we'd come here. I mean, first, I think one, not the first time, but. I think the second time I ever came here, we stayed at the cliffs and I was like, man, I just, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a football coach. I'm like, these players don't deserve this right now. We don't, <laughs> and I didn't mean they didn't deserve it, but this, I don't want them to get into beach mode going, we got a game to win tomorrow. And that was actually a game that went into triple overtime. I'll still remember that one um, in 2011. But, uh, but honestly, it was just, you just got to feel like what, a, what an incredible place. You know, and then I knew people who were on staff. I mean, I had a good relationship with Coach Walsh, and I also knew a lot of the assistants at different times. Some of them had Eastern ties, and you get to know them through coaching, and they all just spoke so highly of not just how beautiful it is, the things we saw in that 24 or 48 hours, but also just the day-to-day. -day. Um, so I had a good idea already of what type of, you know, but it's you asked what's changed since I've been here. The people have probably even exceeded that. And that's what it comes down to more than anything. I mean, the area is amazing. We're still, we're blessed to be here even right now during this quarantine because there's still ways to get out and, you know, take a walk or do whatever that stuff. But it's been the people that have been so warming and welcome. And I've been like, wow, it's almost, again, like I said, I don't want to use the word fake, but I mean, it's almost like an experience that you're like, you can't make it up, you know? So that's what we've felt since the day our family got here, not just myself, my my family as well. So, um, been, like I said, been just, it's exceeded expectations and couldn't be happier about being here. Awesome. Awesome. How has your family adjusted? You guys all moved here and everything's good in that direction. We are, we are. And it was, you know, the moves happening quicker than we thought, you know, the plan was to finish the school year, you know, and, and, uh, come down in June, July. 
and now we're uh, we're actually moved. They they've all been down here anyway since March 16th, whenever it was that right. they you know shut down schools for X amount. But now they're shut down for the entire entire quarter. Uh, we're doing a full on. We did kind of a partial move, so we've been living kind of skeleton skeleton living for the last month. And but now we'll get everything down here next week, which. I don't know. It's probably, I'm looking around. It's probably more, it's more bad than good because we don't have room for, you know how it is every time you do a move and we yeah. downsize square foot wise and uh, which is fine. I actually, I, I love that we did because our location is unreal. Um, but we downsize square footage wise, which means, you know, we're gonna have to get rid of some stuff. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my in-laws just moved from Reading to an, to a condo in San Luis and certainly, uh, They've been going through that. My my father-in-law is kind of a handy guy, so he's had to uh, really uh, make efficient his garage and his condo because because um, that was something that he had a mm-hmm. whole barn he had a whole barn for up there. Um, that's you know he's got probably <laughs> what, like twelve by twelve by fifteen now. But then he's got to park park a car in too. So he's uh, he's definitely uh, working all that. Right. How, um, I want to ask you about your assistants. Um, obviously, you hired a lot of assistant coaches um, since your introductory press conference. Um, most of whom have specific ties to you from the past. I mean, you're talking about Coach Wolf, Coach Edwards, Coach Meyer, guys who um, you presumably trust quite a lot. How how important is a new coach? Or a, I don't want to call you a new coach. Uh, coaching at a new place with people that you that you trust implicitly, like I'm assuming those guys fall into that category. Yeah, I I think there's no doubt that's where I, that's where the foundation of the staff I was going to put together was going to lie. You know, and even before you get this job, you could ask me three, four months ago, you know, or I should say three, four months before I took the job is a better way right. to say it. I still would have had an idea on those type, those guys, right? You know, because you have certain guys that, you know, hey, if I ever ended up making a move, you know, I could see, you know, Coach Edwards, Coach Meyer taking him from the QPC position at Cal to QB, you know, whatever it might be. I've always stayed in touch with Coach Wolf, you know, and I knew he was kind of in between. So I think that's where your foundation starts. But I, the one thing I will say, and I think sometimes coaches err on this, though, if that's the entire staff you put together, you don't have anybody challenging. You don't have anyone challenging new ideas and bringing fresh ideas, too. Because once you, once you think we have it all figured out, like any of us in business and anything, you know, that's when we get passed up. You know, yep. so it's a, you want that, that, those guys that have a, you know, a true trust in what you're doing. And that becomes your foundation. And that was, you know, four or five of those coaches I hired. I had some background with them that way. And then I was able to go out and hire four. Actually, let me think numbers wise, because you go Cody, you go Jeff. I actually had it up on a window here. Yeah. So you go (laughs) James, you know, and I was, I was able to, you go Josh, about half the staff, right. You know, had ties to other places and places where, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's Josh staying on, Lituli Nasanoa, and bringing some of that, you know, just understanding of the lay of the land here, what goes on here, and such a great young coach, whether it's Cody coming, bringing ideas from Boise, Will Plemons bringing ideas from Sac State, Fresno, different places he's been, and young coach Jeff Anderson bringing some things and some young energy from San Jose. Um, those things. And then James Montgomery, who, who really, that was a late one because I was, I was planning on keeping Aristotle. Right. You know, that was the plan. 
and he got a great opportunity to go to Cal, and now all of a sudden I'm bringing So I think there's a fine line between having those guys that trust and know, but also you want to surround yourself with guys who you can, you can, you know, challenge new ideas, you know, and, and what did you do that was successful here? You know, we're doing this right now. This is what I've done in the past, but are there different ways we can do it? So that's, uh, it was fun to kind of put that together and, and uh, piece together the type of staff that I think gives us the best of both worlds that way. I know there's so much to be kind of sorted um, between now and the beginning of a football season. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for 2020. Um, you know, there's, there's so much in terms of who's doing what, who's playing where, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, I want to start with just, you know, the, the quarterback position. Again, kind of changing offensive schemes um, seems to be like a wide open, super wide open thing. You've said that, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a competition here. Um, you have, you know, a couple of returners, including a returning starter, a junior college transfer, and I think what a couple freshmen at least who are coming in as well. Um, how hard is it to evaluate those guys without spring practice? And what kind of like um, uh, scramble, I don't want to use scramble kind of makes it seem like you're not ready for it. What, what's the fall going to look like in terms of that as well for, for fans who are, who are wondering kind of how that all shakes out and 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 what's your kind of like what you're thinking about that kind of going into the summer and the fall yeah i mean that's a unique one um just because the offense is changing so drastically right. and and just getting a feel for those guys um you know and, and spring not just for the qb position was going to be you know great for evaluating positions all the way through the team totally. you know but it doesn't change what you do in fall i mean your fault your fall is still because no matter what happens by the end of spring, you know, things still, you know, depending on who attacks the summer the best, sometimes things change by August 5th or whenever you're open in fall camp as well, you know? Right. So just because a depth chart was set in spring doesn't mean that it's always open. You know, people say, is this an open, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh sometimes when I hear that question. Well, is it going to be an open competition? Am I going to have a chance? Well, yeah, anyone on our football team, if you're on our football team, a chance. It's just you may not agree with the decision we make once we decide who we think gives us the best chance to win, but there's, you know, there's zero political going on here. We as coaches, we're into putting the best players on the field, and the next best players are the number twos, and they rotate, whatever, however that goes. So, right. so I guess for me, it just – any decisions we will make will happen – through a few less practices than they would have if you take out spring ball. Um, and then we may go into the season, and I've done this numerous years, successful years at Eastern, whatever it might be. You know, Cal, we did it um, a little bit in year two, and it worked to be, you know, to kind of figure itself out. Um, we may go into the season still, you know, you never know. You could play multiple guys, and, you know, usually two, you wouldn't want to play more than that, but if you did that, you, that still might be important towards the long-term future. Yeah. Yeah. For, for fans who are kind of looking for something that they can picture for what your offense is going to be like, is there a, or what, what, what you're planning for your offense to, to kind of look like, should they look at Cal from the past few years? Um, should they look at Eastern from when you were there? Should uh, they kind of think about what, what, what should they picture for that? It just all depends because in fairness, if you were just even take out Cal, if you just went back, because Eastern is where you had, you know, really 13 years of data, if you go back to office coordinator. Right. Even if you just took the nine years as a head coach, even right. if you just took that data, um, 
you know, with it, you'd still what you wow, that offense looked different in 2016 than it did in 13. That offense looked a little different in 2013 than it did in 2010. And I just listed, you know, three teams that were very successful teams. Let's say 10, sure. 13, 16, they all looked a little bit different. So to say what it's going to look like, we're multiple enough and we're broad enough that I think we've, we've built a good system that's allowed us to, to be successful in a foundation that's the same, but in a few different ways, given what your roster looks like. So our roster was different in 16 than a lot of years. I mean, we had three NFL receivers on that roster, two which two that made it, you know, but we had a really young old line. That was quite a bit different than 2013. You know, when we were a semifinal team. We had a little more of a veteran O line. We had a great running back. Vernon still threw for a lot of yards, but how we did it might have looked a little bit different, you know, right. than what we did. So to answer your question, it's it's not really fair to say it's going to look like Eastern because Eastern looked different in a number of different years. Right. Um, sure. It'll definitely and, look different than if you turn on Cal Poly film from the last nine years. Right. You know, right. Right. I mean, instead of instead say, of triple so. option, you're you're going to see maybe like more run pass RPO kind of looks. Right. I mean, exactly. is, is that the kind of? I mean, that, so that, I guess in a basic sense for for people who aren't you know looking at the looking at all the game tapes in a basic sense yeah. more passing more rpo is probably two things that we can maybe picture definitely and you're yeah. still i mean at the end of the day in so many ways it's still option football it's just getting there in a different way you know give pull to run pull to throw the bubble it's still triple option you're just doing it from shotgun you know and urban meyer was probably the first one to really kind of say that, to you know, and kind of show that. This is no different than option football or just doing it out of the gun position. Um, yeah, so there'll be elements of read, read, pull to run, read, pull to throw. You know, those things are definitely going to be a part of what we do offensively, uh, no doubt about it, which, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but uh, I definitely don't, can't say it's a fancy name. And quite honestly, I still don't know right now because we haven't gotten to, truly evaluate a practice, you know, what exactly it might look like. And that'll have to evolve a little bit through a fall camp. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully when fall camp comes, we're expecting football and things are moving quickly. That's the optimistic picture in my head. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep it in that direction. I've been paying attention at least as much as I can on Twitter to who you guys have signed, who you guys, you know, kids who kids who tweet out that they got offered, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It seems like, and you talked about this in in something that I saw. I talked about length as being kind of a an important kind of physical asset that you're looking to mm -hmm. in, increase or improve, um, and, and length and athleticism just in general across the board. Can you talk about, um, you know? Any of the guys in particular who you have coming in who who meet that? Um, obviously, there's a lot of receivers who um, who are who are you know kind of on the board for you guys because if you're running the triple option, maybe you don't need the same kind of receiver or it's a different kind of look than than maybe uh, in the more multiple kind of offense where you might have three receivers you know on the field at any given time. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't speak about anyone specific. Sure, you know that's in the 2021 class. Of course not. Right. At. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, but uh, no. Yeah. But, but you're, um, you're right in that, you know, broadly, if you look at who we signed, um, if you look at who we signed in February, especially, and some in December, but especially in February, we definitely added some length to who we were bringing in. 
And I thought it was a part of, I thought it was important for our team to, to do exactly that when we studied our roster at Cal Poly. I felt like we had a lot of very good football players, a lot of intelligent football players, a lot of things they brought to the table, but that was one area, you know, at a number of positions I thought we could improve on. So um, I think you'll see a number of those young players have an impact early. And one of the big reasons is they might provide that and bring that to the table um, when the roster itself right now doesn't have as much of that. How have you found recruiting at Cal Poly in general? I know you were at Cal before and they have high academic standards for sure, but um, I know it's something that we hear a lot in terms of kids that can come in and actually get into school here at Cal Poly. How have you found that um, relative to other places you've been or just in general in terms of being able to recruit the kids you want to recruit and, and, and get offers out and, and get the kids in who, who you think you want to get from a football standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think in the end, it's a, it's a positive. And we found it to be a positive at Cal. In other words, some of the requirements, yeah, there's no question. They're, they're more stringent than, you know, and they're, it's at a different level than a lot of universities on what you need to get in and to get into certain majors and to be here. But because of that, it's desirable. Because of that, um, you know, I think parents and families are excited when you're in home visits and you're talking about, you know, what that does and, and how that's a 40, 50 year degree. We use that term at Cal a lot. It's a 40, 50 year degree and it's no different than Cal Poly. So I, I was able to experience that and learn that during the three years at Cal. Um, you know, so, so that definitely, I, I see it as a total positive. And then once you get those guys on campus, you have a like-minded group of guys who I'm just, you know, you can already see it. I saw it at Cal and you know, it's not taken away from other places and being at Eastern. And I had a lot of very intelligent football players and guys that, you know, exceeded a high level, but from top to bottom on a roster like you have at Cal or Cal Poly, there's just, there's a level of like-mindedness, you know, because of where they were when they were deciding to come there when it comes to implementing new ideas, teaching things, you know, um, retaining information, that stuff all, all goes hand in hand to be, in my opinion, a big positive. Awesome. Just a couple more questions. Um, What's one thing most people don't know about Bo Baldwin? <laughs> he threw that one at me. Yeah, well, the second uh, to last. You know, I don't know if most people know it or not. Um, I, it, what's that? I didn't, yeah, I'd no, I didn't say, say it, it glitched, yeah. No, you, you got it. Um, I, I definitely, and people will get to know this, when I do have that rare free time, I love to sneak out and golf. That's one. Um, most recently I've, I've been in the, in the waves a little bit with my youngest daughter out here at Pismo beach doing a little bit. I haven't gone quite the surf mode yet, but we've done a little body surf and boogie boarding and doing that. So they might not know that, you know, about me and that I am enjoying the benefits of couldn't quite find that in Cheney during those 13 years there <laughs> and, and, and even Berkeley had to all go all the way down to Santa Cruz. So yeah. I only made it down there once or twice, but, uh, so those are a couple things that from a free time standpoint, I've been, I've enjoyed, um, and I'm diving more at a later age, trying to dive more into some of the, I've been watching this, uh, this kite surfing. And oh yeah. Probably my, my mind, I, I probably believe I can do things that I probably shouldn't even try, but it <laughs> looks so fun. You know what I mean? I mean, but I also know where I am at 47 years old, almost 48. And I don't know how I, but I, 
And my, I, I told my wife that I wanted to buy one of those. And she goes, let's rent one first and see if you really like it and see before we invest because those are kind of expensive. But that kite surfing thing, that's got my eye when I'm out there on. It looks cool, right? Yeah, I mean, just the whole surfing thing. I I grew up in Cayucas, which is a beach town in the North County, uh, you know, the North part of the the county. And um, and Mm. I played traditional sports, never could stand up on a surfboard. You know, some of us just weren't weren't made for it. And I used to have friends who did the the like uh, sail, like not with a kite, but just with a sail on their board and could go out and do all kinds of yeah, could do all kinds of crazy stuff. And and uh yeah i i and now i certainly couldn't uh i think there's a level of core strength that um that i just don't have for any oh, of that I, well the windsurfing i think that looks extremely hard and i've seen people try to do that believe it or not i could be dead wrong on this the kite surfing actually looks easier than the windsurfing i think probably you know, it is yeah. It, it, yeah now if you want to get advanced and start doing the flips and that's no but if you're just talking about holding on and trying to stay afloat you know and just moving I think that's actually looks easier. So that's, that's been something that maybe uh, people wouldn't know that's been catching my eye. So if you ever, okay. if you ever catch me out there trying that, I don't know if I'll be doing it effectively. You'll, you, you will have heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what that looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If and you want and I told you, I just had two more questions, but I guess it was three cause I have two more. Uh, number one, uh, obviously, um, I don't see Eastern on your guys' upcoming schedule this year. Um, but what's one like big sky game or one game on this schedule? Is it the first game? Is it the game at Cal? Is it, you know, what, what, what's a game that when you saw this schedule for the first time you went, Oh, all right, let's let that, that's going to be fun. Maybe at Montana or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at the schedule and kind of trying to think about like, yeah, oh, this, this I mean, fun. we, we actually don't have Montana. We go, we go to, oh, sorry, Montana, Montana state. Schools, so. Sorry. So yeah. yeah, no, Montana state, we go there too. Go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At Montana, yeah, at Montana both, state, right. Both Montana schools. Um, right. Honestly. And, you know, I'm going to give you coach talk a little bit, <laughs> you know, just because I really, and I really don't, I don't look ahead. That, oh, wow. That game six looks like that's going to be one, you know, obviously if Eastern was on the schedule, especially if you're going up there, that would have something, you know, you know, so the obvious one is to say going back up to Cal week two, that's pretty interesting, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of a, but I've said this to other people interviewing and this and that it's like anything once the game kicks off and those guys are on the field, no one gave a crap where coach Baldwin, coach Edwards, coach Meyer right. were the year before they right. don't, you know, right. we are all, you know, they just were out there competing on the field, but, but yes, there is a level of that game that is, it's just unique that the year you go is the same year you go back up there. So when that game's um, been on the schedule, probably since before you were even at Cal. Um, yeah. At least think, yeah. The writer. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's 15 that or 16 or something. Three, four I, years out. I remember yeah, going nope. 2020. That's so long from now um, when that game first got, got, got put on there. So that'll be right. fun. And um, it's my wife's birthday weekend that weekend. So I'm, I'm mm. having to, uh, I'm, I'm like, Hey, you want to spend the weekend in the city and let's like go up and like, you know, I'll just be gone for about half a day here and I'll be, you know, I'll be over there, but you know, let's spend a long weekend and let's go up there. And now, I mean, gotcha. you know, you just don't know what that, what any of that's going to look like at this point. Um, so the last question, I guess it's a, it's a general one, but it's, it's, I think an important one. And that's, you know, what, what you feel like in terms of can Cal Poly be, I guess, in playoff contention on a regular basis? Is this a, is this a program that can, you know, compete deep into the playoffs on a, on a regular basis and, and compete for big sky titles, you know, regularly? I know it's been a tough couple of years um, in terms of the record, um, you know, 
you've been here for a while now and you wouldn't be here probably if you didn't think so but but you know what's right. what what are going to be some of the keys i guess to getting cal poly to that place that i'm sure is a is a yeah, and you, you. you answered it right yeah yeah you answered it right there too. I, I wouldn't have come here if i didn't believe that was possible i, I truly wouldn't have and uh you know so i i mean i'm not going to put any ceiling on what those expectations i think over the next five to ten years um there is no excuse and we're not going to be shocked and you know if if we're if we if we don't we we're not going to be shocked when we elevate ourselves to a premier team in this conference if not the premier because the same thing would have been said at the start of the eastern run no one would have ever said oh everything points towards eastern being the top team in the big sky no one would have said that in 2008 everything points towards that everything points toward you know from a budget standpoint for this but our guys just did such an amazing job on focusing on what was positive and great about our place and where we were and what we could do going forward and we were able to just take that mindset and that mindset and i and i believe no different here we focused you asked me that question on recruiting you can look at recruiting in two different ways oh it's really hard we can only get kids that that you know that are at this academic place, or this is an incredible advantage for us. I mean, there's literally two different ways to look at it. And that alone starts to bleed into your guys and your team and everything else. And I really do believe there are enough quality athletes in the state of California. I mean, this state is so rich that you can be a year in and year out, you know, competing for a big sky title and truly competing nationally, you know, by filling a roster that is 100% California, you know, and, and uh, I'm not saying it will always be 100%, but you certainly can do that. So um, I just think there's too many things going in the right direction with everything we have to offer here um, to not to not think that way and believe that way. Okay, last question for real now. Um, I've been really trying to think about uh, these difficulties we've been having and what are the opportunities within those difficulties? What have you learned about yourself or your coaching staff or, you know, what, what, what have you kind of learned during this time um, that might help you kind of moving forward? Um, you know, at one, once we're kind of quote unquote back to normal. I think, yeah, I, I think, I think I've learned that I have a very uh, uh, resilient staff, which bleeds into resilient, in my opinion, resilient players and, and I, I shouldn't say resilient. We'll see the resiliency as we keep going through certain times, but more than anything, just a confident staff, confident themselves. And I have a staff that, that is able to go take tasks without me having to give direction on every part of it and, and improve. And that bleeds into the players too. In our last interview, you heard Jalen talk about it and Shadi, they're finding ways to do things even without coaches around or even when no one's looking. So what I've found with the staff is, yeah, I'm giving them certain directions on what we want to do each week and that, but I'm not micromanaging. And I'm, I like being that type of leader anyway, where I empower them to, to grow and to go forward. And that's what you're finding with our staff, that they're, they're, they're an optimistic group. They're, you know, they're never going to be, what was me? They're never going to, I'm not going to, I didn't, you know, won't let them do that. That is one thing I will micromanage, but I'm seeing that and I'm like, wow, this is, I, you know, this is the type of group and I'm just, it's, it's basically uncovering what I believed anyway, going into it, but you're really seeing this is the type of group that's going to, 
take the bull by the horns themselves. They're going to get out. They're going to do this, this, and this, even without 100% direction by me all the time. And awesome. that, that to me is empower. You know, that's when coaches take it to another level and, and they feel confident when Very they're good. able to take that, you know, take that and run. Cool, cool. Well, coach, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Take it slow on the on the kiteboarding. Take it slow. We'll wear the life jacket. You know, um, <laughs> stay safe. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it first. I've been I... watching some YouTube videos. I gotta study it like any coach. I gotta study it a little bit more and see if this is really something I'm capable of doing. I love but it. I love it. I'm yeah. that guy who still likes to play noon hoops with the twenty. The twenty-something-year-old, so I'm not, I'm not afraid to fall. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, that's that's actually something I've been missing more than anything is the uh, the lunchtime basketball over at the rec center. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat again once the season starts. And um, you know, like I said, I I'm not even trying to speculate too much. I'm just kind of keeping my fingers crossed that you know we're gonna have a football season here. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, uh, and and coming on chat today. Yep. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Fansmanship Podcast. For more podcasts and more in-depth sports discussion, go to fansmanship.com. Well, I've been stuck on down in trouble town. It's a lonely place, it's true. Street lights so bright, they blind my vision. And the people on the streets, they beat me up till I'm black and blue. Signs out on the streets direct me running back to you.